from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And then we saw a lot of people decide not to have children. Oregon entered a demographic winter, mm. Alabama, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Missouri. And there's, there's about 24 states now. 24 states? Yeah. Okay, this is sounding very bad for the U.S. Yeah, it used to be this... about four or five, and now we have 24. It's not all bad, but population's power. Think about possibly losing a, a congressional seat. It's not simply going to grow by the white population. It's going to grow by the population in which there's natural growth. Latinos, African-Americans, and Asian-Americans. I'm Sarah Fetsky. Last year, for the first time, Missouri entered into a state that experts call demographic winter. That means more people died than were born across the Show Me state. And that trend has persisted this year, even as COVID-19 deaths aren't quite so high. And joining us today to explain what it means and what it will take to get to demographic spring, hey, we can dream, right, is uh, Ness Sandoval. He's a professor of sociology at St. Louis University. He's also director of the master's program in sociology. He's one of the directors of the Geospatial Institute, and he currently runs the Computational Spatial Demography Lab. That's a lot going on there. We're glad you've made time. Ness, welcome back. Thank you for inviting me back to talk about this important topic. Yeah, so break this down for us. Is demographic winter really as simple? as deaths exceed births. That's, that's essentially what we're talking about. It's uh, a demographic transition. And we, we use these terminologies to talk about something that's changing from the norm. And the, the norm, uh, when we think about demo- demographic models, is we just assume that there will always be more babies born than people dying. That's, that's, that's the part of human history. But we now know from looking at Japan, Russia, that this is not the case, that, that you, you enter into what's called the fifth stage of the demographic transition model, where more people are dying and are being born, and it, it's come here to the United States. Is it unusual um, to see an individual state like Missouri hit this point? It's, it's been happening. It's, it's happening on the Northeast, uh, Maine, West Virginia, New Hampshire. So it, it, this is, these are states, uh, we can talk about the, the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Uh, they appeared on our map uh, a decade ago. I think what, what happened because of COVID, and we call this a demographic shock. When you have demographic shocks, um, there, there are three demographic transitions that, that we we're concerned about, birth, death, and migration. But, and demographic shocks can impact all three of those transitions. But um, when you have a, uh, an, uh, a pandemic, we're interested in are more people dying, but then are more people postponing births mm. because of the uncertainty of what's happening. So we know, for example, in 2008, when the Great Recession happened. That was a demographic shock. People didn't die, but people stopped having children because there was a sense of fear the economy is not going to be here. And so when we we see these demographic shocks, we want to understand what's happening to these three core demographic transitions. And so what happened with COVID is we saw a lot of people die, and then we saw a lot of people decide not to have children. And this is state by state. And so Oregon entered a demographic winter, mm. Alabama, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Missouri. And there's, there's about 24 states now. 24 states? Yeah. Okay, this is sounding very bad for the U.S. Yeah, it used to be this... about four or five, and now we have 24, 24 states. 
Well, so look, I'm an optimist about COVID. Despite all evidence in front of me, I want to believe that at some point this pandemic is going to end. Is it possible that when we don't have so many people dying from COVID, that Missouri can pull out of this thing? So it's possible. So uh, there's another concept we call demographic hurdles. And so Missouri has a demographic hurdle. And so it is, we, we've seen deaths come down, but we've also seen births rates come down. And so the, the lowest level of birth was in February of 2021, under 5,000. Never happened in, in uh, modern time in, in Missouri. Hmm. And so this is about nine to 10 months after the, you know, the state uh, locked down and said, what's going on? And so uh, we're missing about 600 children in, in February that we typically would have had in the past. Wow. And we know that fertility rates are, are coming down because of the Great Recession of 2008. It, it never came back up. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have our baby boomers. Um, that was a great demographic shock. Um, they're, they're starting to die. And yeah. so we're going to see uh, even more people dying from other causes of death. And so we, we have to figure out, are there going to be enough babies born to offset the death of the baby boomers. So you say we're in this hurdle. So yeah. this this is something that we can overcome, but you're saying we can't just write this off as this is a blip, this is COVID, everything's going to be good in a couple of years. It sounds like some things are going to have to change beyond just deaths from COVID for Missouri to get over this hurdle. Absolutely. And and so I was, I we, we run different types of scenarios. And so w- one scenario could be, for example, if you take Tennessee and you take the Latino population in Tennessee and switched it out with Missouri, Missouri would not be in a demographic winter. Hmm. So if we just had more immigrants Latinos. coming here. Well, not just immigrants. Not fact, just immigrants. You need, you need the, Latinos the being willing to move to this area. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you took Nashville's Latino population and replaced it here in St. Louis, we would be a top 20 metropolitan region. Wow. And yet that's not happening. It's not happening. I mean, St. Louis has historically had such a small number of Latino residents. So you look at that. Is there something like we need to become a more welcoming place? I think we need to be more intentional uh, at the state level of uh, of a message that all Missouri, all all Americans are welcome to move to Missouri. Not just white Americans. Yeah, we need to be welcoming. We need to send this message out to states that have a demographic spring such as Texas, um, Phoenix, uh, Arizona, um, you're, you're going to grow your population by Latinos, by Asian, and by um, Americans that identify as mixed race. That's where the growth is coming from over the next couple decades. So these are the populations that are still ascending in this country. That are having more births than deaths. Yeah. Uh, and so if you just look at Missouri in 2019, 100% of the natural growth from births minded deaths came from minorities. Hmm. So were white Missourians in demographic winter even before the Absolutely. pandemic? They were in the demographic before the pandemic happened. And I would when you look at the numbers, they the white population in Missouri is where the white population was in West Virginia a decade ago. And it's not uh, so the question would be um, it's it's very difficult to see the white population getting out of the demographic winter uh, because you have young whites who are leaving the state who tend to ha- have the children, but you have a baby booming population that tends to be white that, that will be dying soon. And so if you look at what happened and it's happening in West Virginia, on average, between seven and 8,000 net loss of white residents, and it's getting larger each year in West Virginia. Hmm. And that, that pattern is 
definitely possible in the state of Missouri, where right now it's just about 2,000 net loss of right, white residents in the state, but you could easily see this being four to 5,000 per year. So let's talk about the St. Louis metro area as opposed to Missouri as a whole. Here in St. Louis, we pride ourselves on we're not all white. We're open to immigrants. You know, we, we want to welcome new people here. Do we know if the St. Louis metro area is in a state of demographic winter? So we're doing good. Uh, for the, the area itself, uh, we're, we're okay. Uh, but we have some outlining counties that are already in a demographic demographic winter. So the city is fine. The county... St. Louis County, St. Charles, fine. These, we have an, enough pop, more babies being born than people dying, but it's in the outer counties. Outer counties, uh, like, like Lincoln and and in those areas where it, it's both sides to, of the river. Yeah, yeah both on both sides. We're of seeing the river. that in Illinois and absolutely, in Missouri. Absolutely, demographic more, winter. more on the Illinois side than on the Missouri side. Okay, so that's a real problem. I mean, that well, can kind of drag down the metro area. It's a, it's a demographic hurdle. Okay, that. Um, and part of it is you have people who want to live in the bigger, bigger counties. They want that urban life, and so there's there's the migration element here. That that. Uh, as part of this story. Ness, I got to say, I like your your optimism in approaching this stuff here. What I say is a big problem. You say, it's a hurdle. And that's, I think, how maybe we need to think about this here. But I want to look a little bit back in the history. There's a statistic that actually came from you that I think is really interesting here. Um, you say going back to the 1850s that St. Louis um, just had, had sort of a remarkable achievement here when we're looking at the population of St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so... When we, when part of it is it's about our debates today and the conversations of how do we get more diverse, and we're seeing it today in 2020. But if we go back to 1850, and we look at the immigrant population across the United States, and we look at large counties, St. Louis was number one, coming in at right about 53 percent of the population was uh, foreign-born, and we see that pattern in St. Clair County at that time, St. Charles. Although they were very small. Mm-hmm. They had significant foreign-born populations. And I, we always like to compare ourselves to Cook County and Chicago. We were ahead of Chicago, Cook County, in wow. 1850. Yeah. More immigrants in St. Louis than in Chicago. Absolutely. A, we, were bigger, we were a bigger county. Um, and so in 1850, so when people think about immig- immigrant gateway cities, San Francisco comes to mind, New York comes to mind. Uh, but it was really, the, the story that needs to be told is St. Louis was one of the most important immigrant cities in 1850. And that story needs to be told because as St. Louis tries to diversify, it is part of our history. And so when we see these immigrant destinations emerge, Chesterfield, Maryland Heights, it's part of our history. It's not new. It's part of our history that's there. And what would you like to see happen to encourage more of that? I think think we need to be intentional. I think we need to talk about... um, what these the demographic hurdles that that exist, mm-hmm. and there is a perception out there that that Missouri and St. Louis may not be the most welcoming cities. And so, when you talk to young people and they they talk about cities that they would like to go to, Atlanta, Houston, Phoenix, very seldom you don't hear St. Louis come up in that. I even hear young people talking about moving to Minneapolis. Mm, I hear and, a lot of that too. And so, my my goal is. There are a lot of things that we can do to reimagine how we tell this story of, of St. Louis, the history of St. Louis, and the opportunities um, to live here. And you've mentioned Nashville as a city that we can learn from. I understand Pittsburgh. You had mentioned that, that Pennsylvania is also in this demographic yeah. winter that we're in. But Pittsburgh, you're not so worried about. Well, Pittsburgh's also, so Pittsburgh's the, the, the largest metropolitan region in a demographic winter. So more people, so it's got, 
more people are dying than being born, and it's got more people leaving than coming in. And so it's, it's, it's got these hurdles. But it has, it's also found a way to reimagine itself as a city and as a region. And, um, and like, what are they doing, for example? So there are the economies, the university. I think that, so they've recognized that they're, they're not going to be Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be Atlanta. Um, but they want to focus on, on what they can rebuild in the city and, and reimagine it, the opportunities that are there. And so it's not all bad, but population's power. And if these numbers continue, it is very possible for a state in, 1940, in, in 2040 to think about possibly losing a state representative in a uh, congressional seat. Uh, that's, that, if, you, if you run the numbers and nothing changes, um, we will be up again. This, this could strike a blow to our political power. Absolutely. It pop, population's power. And so if your state's not growing and it's got, and we see it's a natural decline uh, from births and deaths, it, it's got challenges. And I, I'll just uh, add one final point. It's a state that only, that saw a very small increase in the African-American population, about 6,000 residents. And that's, that should be concerning. Why so? Because at least that's an increase, right? They're not in demographic winter. Yeah. Um, it should have grown by forty, fifty thousand people, and so oh, okay. we have an out migration of African American residents. But you have other states like North Dakota, South Dakota, that actually grew in absolute numbers larger than Missouri, and so this becomes, I think, challenging for a state. And even St. Louis, St. Louis experienced a decline in the African American population, the region. Mm-hmm. How can you say that you're a major metropolitan region if you have a declining African American population for for a region and a state? And so we want to look over the next ten years. Because a lot of that increase in, in babies over deaths, African-Americans are number, the, the largest increase is coming from the Latino population. Number two is the African-American population. And so if we start to see African-Americans leave, we're going to start to see babies leave the state. So you're seeing some real warning signs here, even in some numbers that we might point to as, oh, there's still growth here. Or this is yeah. good happening here. The long-term view, if current trends continue, are we headed for West Virginia status? It's, it's possible. Oh. Uh, we have to be intentional. We're talking demographically. Yes. Right? Demographically, um, there, there's a possibility. We have, ten, we have, ten years, we have the, these 10 years where we need to be intentional and saying we need to, we need to refigure how to get younger minority populations to move to Missouri, to repopulate uh, our big cities, and and these are the populations that are having babies. So this sounds like the exact opposite of what a lot of state lawmakers here are focused on, frankly. Yeah, I do not hear them talking about this at at all. Uh, But you do look at other states, and other states have recognized that we have, even this census was uh, part of what, the, the themes of the census is that the United States is slowing down in terms of population growth. And so um, every state now recognizes that you have to encourage people. You can only grow so much by babies mm-hmm. being born over people dying. You need other people to move to your state. And you're seeing North Carolina is very aggressive in getting people to move from New York to North Carolina, getting people to move um, from Georgia to North Carolina. Um, so you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional and go out and market your state and say, come and make Missouri your home. And I don't, I don't see that. Uh, and it, if you take um, a point of view of that, it's laissez-faire and we're just going to let the markets mm-hmm. take care of it. What, what we see is that the black population is going to leave at the state and it's going to impact the region. And you're going to have very slow-growing Latino population compared to its competitive states like Tennessee. 
where it experienced one of the largest increases. When we look at the top 10 states of Latino, absolute Latino growth, Tennessee's there. Hmm. I argue Missouri should have been in that list. It's not. It sounds like other states have realized this is a competition in a way that Missouri in the last decade hasn't been fully aware of or hasn't acted on the knowledge of this. Is it too late for us to turn no, it around? No, it's, it's never too late. Even uh, with all these things underway, North Carolina trying to steal people left and right. No, it's not too late because you have Texas and California. You have these are these are states in demographic springs, but these are states that um, if you can, if you can put your imagination on, imagine the St. Louis region with no no people at all. Over the next twenty to twenty five years, uh, Texas will produce a region of about two point eight to three million people of just like one hundred percent Latino. Wow. And the same will happen in California. Now, they're not all going to stay in Texas and California. There's just not enough room in, in yeah, some parts of the So they're going to be states. migrating out to try to find the American dream. The question is, is Missouri, and specifically St. Louis, going to be one of those cities where this young person grows up in, t- in Houston and says, I, I see my life in St. Louis? Or are they going to say, I see my life in Denver, Colorado, because I, I see I'm welcome there? Or Salt, even Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is growing tremendously by the Latino population. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's a different sense, like, we want you here in the state. So we could change the road we're on. You're making a strong case we should change the road we're on. In our final minute here, just give us one cause for optimism here. Is there anything you can point to that suggests, yeah, you know, there's immigrants that are here and that are happy, or there's people moving here. This is working. So there's lots of good stories to be told at the micro level. I think um, what's happening in Chesterfield is a story that should be told. What's Mm -hmm. happening in Maryland Heights is a story that, that should gain recognition. That there is, when you look at the population that's in uh, K through fourth grade and you go out to the schools, you're like, that's, that's what America is gonna look like in 30, 40 years. It's gonna be that type of diversity. And so we need to embrace it. Uh, and as a state, we have to recognize that if we want our population to grow, it's not simply gonna grow by the white population. It's gonna grow by the population in which there's natural growth. And that's Latinos, African-Americans and Asian-Americans. Well, uh, Sandoval, thank you so much for joining us today uh, with this dose of truth here. Thank you. This episode was produced by Laura Hamden with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather-Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.